Hi, I'm Gary from Stonyfield, the organic yogurt company. Ever wonder what the USDA certified organic label on your food stands for? Or what the difference is between organic and all natural? You might be surprised. Visit stonyfield.com to understand what organic means and why it's really worth it. We're proud to be making organic yogurt and honored to support Living on Earth, and hope you will too. Donate at LOE.org. Well, back in 2007, then-President George W. Bush promised federal funds to find new fuels for our cars. One of these days, the scientists tell me, and I believe, that we'll be able to manufacture fuel for your automobiles from switchgrass or biomass or wood chips. And then all of a sudden, if you really think about it and are optimistic about America's capacity to use technology to change our way of life, then all of a sudden you begin to see the rationale for saying that we can reduce gasoline usage by 20% over the next 10 years. I believe it's coming. I really do. And since 2007, the federal government has devoted hundreds of millions of dollars in subsidies and loan guarantees for companies hoping to make fuels from plants, but so far progress is stalled. Jeremy Martin is a biofuels expert with the Union of Concerned Scientists. The promise was to start producing commercially as early as 2010 at a level of 100 million gallons and then going up steadily till this level of 16 billion in 2022. And what's happened is that that first production hasn't happened yet. The facilities which were didn't get built and a lot of that has to do with, you know, what happened in 2008 and 2009 and I'm sure everybody will remember that those were uh, were tough years to get a loan for just about anything and in particular for new technology. But back in the Bush administration in 2007, the government awarded $385 million in grants to jumpstart ethanol from wood chips and switchgrass, citrus peel. Yeah, and also uh, agricultural wastes, things like corn cobs and corn stalks, and even garbage. Hmm. Uh, but I would say they announced that level of grants. Actually, if you went through the records, you'd find that the majority of those checks never got cashed or even uh, mailed out. Those grants required the companies to raise a lot of private capital to match government money, which probably seemed reasonable in 2007. But of course, 2008 and 2009 were very tough years to borrow money under any circumstances. Well, one of the companies that did cash the federal checks uh, was Range Fuels in Georgia. They actually built a plant. What happened to them? They got over $160 million in loan guarantees and in grants and money from the state. Yeah, they are the the one exception. They they moved very quickly and got started. So there's a lot of different ways that people have to convert this cellulosic biomass into fuel. And, you know, they were using a an existing technology that just wasn't cost competitive. Unfortunately, you know, we learned the hard lesson first, and the other technologies are still, you know, at the starting gate. But so is this an example of the federal government trying to pick a renewable energy um, technology, a winner, and having a failure? Because as I understand that they haven't produced a drop of cellulosic ethanol. I think we're, we're certainly behind schedule. Uh, as far as picking winners, I mean, there was an important reason that people wanted an alternative to oil. And that was climate change. It was oil dependence, high oil prices. And I think all of those reasons remain just as true today as they were in 2007. And so th- that's why I think it's worth taking the time and, and sticking with this one, because we do need alternatives to oil. Well, the backer of that plant in Georgia actually has a new company in Michigan. And I'm looking at an article 
uh, that uh, he had to, in, you know, tell potential investors what were the risks were. And this is a direct quote. We have a limited operating history, a history of losses, and the expectation of continuing losses, and we have no experience in the markets in which we intend to operate. Boy, that sounds pretty risky. Vinod Kosla, I think, is the investor you're referring to? Yes, he was the one that did Range range Fuels, and this one. Yeah, generally these startup companies have a variety of backers. He's backed a, a great number of technologies, and I think you know, his his approach is to look for a lot of things and hope that some of them pan out. And, you know, the first bet here hasn't paid off, and, and he lost a good bit of money on that. But, you know, he's still bullish that there's a market here in the future, and I remain convinced that it's worth focusing on and it's worth investing in. Well, cellulosic ethanol promises to be a lot cleaner than gasoline, I guess something like 85% in terms of greenhouse gases. Yeah, that's exactly right. And there aren't a lot of other alternatives that are that clean. And there's certainly, when you look at the scale of the problem, you know, how much gasoline we use, the technology that allows us to turn environmentally friendly sources of biomass into fuel is a, is a really important technology and, and one that's worth investing in. So is the challenge right now technological? Is that the problem? Well, there's certainly technological challenges, and there's a variety of, of different approaches and, and a number of companies with new technology. Some of them uh, use heat and, and gas to convert the the biomass into into gases and, and through a, what they call a thermochemical process to make fuel. Others use enzymes. Those are things, chemicals that speed up uh, processes. Yeah, or, or organisms, microorganisms. Uh, so there's a variety of, of different technologies, and the technology is certainly one of the challenges, but the uh, financing these facilities has proven to be one of the really significant challenges. And I think that's one where, you know, the circumstances, that, you know, that weren't foreseen in 2007 really have slowed things down. The technology or the idea of getting uh, energy out of uh, this, this material is not new. It goes back to 1898. Yeah, absolutely. And people have, have done it at occasion. It's, the question is uh, making it cost effective. I, I think it's long been recognized that if you could make biomass into fuel, you'd have a, a great business. But didn't Chevron Oil and Shell, didn't they have investments in cellulosic companies? What happened to their investments? What happened to those companies? Well, a lot of those major oil companies are investors in many of the cellulosic biofuel companies. I'm looking forward to seeing them produce fuel instead of just press releases. But, you know, they're the ones who control the fuel market. And essentially, these laws that Congress have passed amount to, a, you know, an encouragement to them to, or a, a requirement, that they clean up their act and, and start producing cleaner fuels. The technology will march forward uh, with or without government support, but you know, how long it takes to really start to displace oil and to really start to reduce the emissions from transportation is, is what's at stake here. Well, Jeremy Martin, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Jeremy Martin is a biofuels expert and a senior scientist with the Union of Concerned Scientists. Just ahead, curbing herbicide use near highways. Keep listening to Living on Earth. 